Certified Angus beef tracks data on grading and pricing on both live cattle and the beef wholesale level. I recently caught up with their Assistant Director of Supply Management and Analysis to get a year-end review. Hi, this is Miranda Ryman, Senior Associate Editor with the Angus Journal, and today I'm visiting with Paul Dykstra, Certified Angus Beef. Thanks for joining us today, Paul. You're welcome. Glad to be here, Miranda. You know, as we've kind of talked, we looked at the markets in 2020 and knew that that, that was going to show up as sort of an anomaly forever. We're going to look back and say that the year of 2020. But as we started comparing 2021 back to such an unusual year, I guess we kind of expected that we would see some recovering from that shock. We would see some currentness return to the markets. How did that really play out in real life? Well, the 2020 marketing year certainly will stand alone in that uh, the shock waves that were felt from the onset of the pandemic were, were tremendous and they were, they were felt immediately uh, once things took, took a hold particularly in our packing and feeding sectors in the spring. So that is certainly going to be the, uh, the year where all of the charts uh, were certainly off, um, off of reality. But then in 21, we, we, we really did think that we could, we could shake um, much of the uh, lack of currentness in the fed cattle sector and get packing plants working more efficiently. And by and large, that's true, but the, the market was still hindered throughout the year by, by a slower pace of packer throughput. We couldn't achieve uh, what the market demand was for uh, cattle being processed. And we continued throughout the year to see cattle on feed for longer days than, uh, than a normal year. Uh, the headcount that were being fed 150 plus days remained elevated, although it did uh, it did come down uh, mid late summer, but then late in the fourth quarter it was back up again. So uh, we we couldn't quite shake uh, the issues that uh, that that were kind of plaguing the fed cattle trade uh, even late into the year, not entirely. Sure. So it improved, but just not as much as, as maybe we expected. Um, as you think about those days on feed, and we know that has a strong correlation with carcass quality, kind of what happened to carcass quality and certified Angus beef acceptance as a result? Well, if we look across the calendar years, the last two specifically, and we just look at the averages for the year, carcass quality remained unchanged for the entire calendar year. Um, now we know there are, were were peaks and troughs in terms of uh, of cattle harvest numbers, particularly in 2020. Less, or, or I should say, fewer undulations in 21. But the net result for 20 and 21 was a very sideways move into the most recent period in terms of carcass quality, and that means we have been in the range of about 10% prime carcasses. Uh, 72% choice carcasses. And for the certified Angus beef brand, we also averaged uh, a little better than the 36% of those eligible animals making it into our brand for both years as well, uh, with a few decimal points difference between the two. So even though we are, you know, we have achieved all time highs 
in the quality grade realm, um, particularly as we speak about you know, modern history. At the same time, it was a sideways year here in the latest um, 2021. What have you expected, you know, given that, you know, we said a lot of times that an unintended consequence of kind of the pandemic disruption was this really rich quality grade. Would have we expected that to be a, a, a drop off perhaps into 21 and we didn't see that? Yes, I think so. We would have predicted that probably late in 2020, that the, the following year may see the trends decline a bit because we, we just felt like that uh, after we got through the first quarter of 21, that the uh, fed cattle supplies would be cleaned up and, and fewer market ready cattle would be on the show lists on a weekly basis from there forward compared to the year prior. But again, that was not necessarily the case. And of course, we can speak about specific months and, and show those differences. But fact of the matter remains that we weren't very current throughout the year of 21. And as a result, we kind of held up, uh, held higher these quality grade trends and certified Angus beef acceptance, even though we essentially been building into this trend for 15 years now. So it shouldn't have been a surprise that we were that high, but these unintended consequences that you point out really pushed us a bit higher in terms of carcass weights, days on feed, uh, total body back fat thickness. And as a result, the marbling comes along for that ride as well. So we just kind of held it um, there, there at those, uh, those all-time highs for the, the higher grades and, and certified Angus beef. Sure. As I think about uh, grading is kind of a fun thing to talk about when we say how strong we are in that regards, but as we transition to talk a little bit about price, Paul, I really get the sense that cattlemen are kind of finally starting to feel like there's maybe a little hope in the market and the pricing scenario, but the elephant in the room really for the last year is that cutout versus the live price. Do you want to talk about those trends just a little bit? Sure, I think that's really important to gain perspective because those are two divergent uh, price stories uh, in the past year. Cutout values reached record highs in 2021. And when I say that, I specifically mean on the annual average because we did have higher spike uh, in the spring of 2020. But for the annual average, uh, we've put in a new record high for beef cutout values. And that really speaks to two things. First of all, consumer demand, and that's, that's the shining star. Consumers have been willing to purchase beef at prices that many of us never would have expected. So we're excited about increasing beef demand. Uh, I think that remains in place today. Uh, secondly, of course, the supply side was, was kind of the negative piece of that same element, which is the fact that we, we have not been able to produce quite enough beef product to satisfy that demand. And of course, that's what pushes prices higher. So that cutout story is, is one of, of elevated prices. And on the, on the other side of the coin, then on the live side of the business or the fed cattle side, that was, that was less impressive. Due to the fact that we did have this slower throughput in the packing sector, we had um, a pretty healthy supply throughout the year, not every week, but for the most part, a big supply of fed cattle that were market ready. That gave packers their pick of the cattle in the country. 
and uh, also allowed them uh, to, to keep prices on a bit lower playing field or plane. So we had a we had a divergent direction for the cutout value as well as the Fed cattle price. I see that improving um, in the next year. If we had to make predictions, that's the only one that I can uh, offer. It's yet to develop, but we have lots of uh, reasons to believe that this market can get better. And that's that's both a supply and a demand story. I'm hearing the message of good good times ahead, but we know that there's variation among ranches and cattlemen. What can what can individual cattlemen do today to make sure that they're as successful as they can be in kind of capturing the most value for those animals in the future? Well, the first fundamental piece of the story would be to have as many animals around you as you can to sell. If if your if your outlook is optimistic, then that would be the first piece of the recipe. Um, secondly, I think so many folks participating in the production sector are doing a lot of things right, and let's recognize that. Uh, better genetics in terms of uh, cattle that work at each sector, from ranch to feedlot, and then hanging on the rail. There are a lot of cattle that are really ringing the bell and doing things uh, more correctly than ever before. So stay the course for those folks that have made these improvements in genetics and management. Um, and those that haven't, I, I, I hope can, can take something away from what we see in the markets today, which is uh, wider spreads for carcass quality. I, those, those spreads have come through on um, you know, the fed cattle pricing when we're looking at um, value-based uh, carcass sales between feeder and packer. There's no reason to expect those to, to necessarily dissipate. I don't see a signal in the market today that would suggest that they should adjust much lower. So I'd say continue to keep an eye on, on end product merit, um, keep an eye on uh, process verification. If it fits for your, for your operation where perhaps there are some additional management aspects that uh, you can verify through a third party that that fit the marketplace, whether it be domestic or, or export, you know, those things, those things I don't think will be going away in the near future either. As a matter of fact, what we see on the export front, uh, I, I would recommend that they may become even more important uh, and available premiums to, to more people. Although that's certainly a fluid situation depending on how exports are going. Well, those are some great concrete tips. Uh, if folks want to get a hold of Paul, you can find his contact information at cabcattle.com. And of course, if you want more market commentary like this, subscribe to the CAB Insider, which Paul authors from his home office right there in Chapel. So thank you, Paul, for taking the time to visit. My pleasure, and thank you. For in-depth news on everything that affects the Angus business, subscribe to the Angus Journal today. Visit angusjournal.net for details.